Welcome to the Recruitment Marketing Rebelcast. My name is Alyn Bailey, and along with my co-host, Tracy Parsons, we're here to talk all things recruitment marketing. We want to have an honest and open conversation about what it's going to take to innovate in talent acquisition. If you're interested and want to join the dialogue, sit down, buckle up, pour yourself a cocktail, and let's chat. Hello, Tracy. Welcome back. Hello, Elin. It's so good to be back. And it's like, we very rarely record in the afternoon and we're recording in the afternoon today. So it's kind of weird. I know. Um, but also awesome. It is. I feel like I'm all energized. I'm all set to go. Like, well, oh. I usually am. As soon as I hear your voice, I feel like I've got oh. a little cattle prod and a nice one, like not like, not like a mean cattle prod, but more like, whoo, there's my energy. <laughs> You're so sweet. I, I am excited about this episode. Very, very excited. So Me too. Um, I actually just had to stop us. This is, I, so for everybody, so you know what happens here. So Tracy and I get on the phone um, and we say, hey, what are we going to talk about? And then we just start chatting amongst ourselves. And sometimes our conversation just keeps going and going and going. And we, we realize that we forgot to actually record a podcast. So today we were in the midst of one of these very intense conversations um, where I, I had a pause moment. I said, wait, Tracy, we must hit record because... I think what we're starting to nail or to talk about here is important for all of us in our current environment to talk about. So I'm going to, that is my tee up for you, Tracy, um, to, to read back the, that, I can't remember the quote again, rising tides raise all ships. That's right. We, you know, tides. if you want to yeah. create change, be the rising tide that lifts all boats, right? Absolutely. And, and if we're talking about being rebels, like this is the rebel cast, right? Yep. And this is, this is a unique moment in time. We mm-hmm. have anxiety. We have a pylon of crazy stuff happening in the world. Right. And you know what? It's kind of time to start opening things up and opening up our ideas and sharing more broadly well, with right. the community. Like I, I just, we should all have tools. We, we should if all we have want, tools. If we want to create change, if we want to get the rebels to be the new normal, the rebels are going to need the tools. That's right. Right? It's like, it's, it's, it's almost like when you opened us today, Alin, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. let everybody know a little bit how the rebel cast, for lack of a better phrase, sausage is made. I do hate that phrase, despite the fact that I do love, <laughs> I do sausage. love a good bratwurst. A good kielbasa. So, right? Yes. Yes. So I will say that this, this podcast, if it feels organic and sounds organic, it's because it is organic. Literally, we call each other on the phone and hit record. Yeah. So that's how this sausage made. So if you want to do a podcast, call somebody that gives you energy mm-hmm. on the phone, hit record, throw it on the internet. Boom. Podcast. Okay. Off, off we go. Right. So- and that's, that's the, so we start talking about that. And we started talking about all the different tools that we need to do good work, right? And I have a customer today who reached out to me and they're like, we really would like to, um, we really want to put some talent brand metrics in a report that we're delivering to Wall Street. I was like, oh my God, that's awesome. First of all, awesome. A report going to Wall Street that has talent metrics in it. What the? Yeah. I know. I wanted to, I really, I was just like, Okay, well, let me pick myself up off the floor for a second after hearing all those words together. Um, 
And she was like, can you do this for us? And I was like, well, of course I can do this for you, but you could do this for yourself. And so I literally walked through the six different categories of ways that, you know, you could build a dashboard or, or metrics. And it's, you know, you look at conversions, right? So are you convert? How many people visit your website that convert to an applicant, right? Um, you look at those different rates and, and honest to God, you guys, if you, if you want the nuts and bolts of this, hit me up on Twitter. I will send you exactly what I'm talking about. So this is what we're starting to try to do on today's Rebelcast. We are trying to open it up so that we can create a rising tide that lifts all boats and that all yeah. companies, regardless of size, scale, scope, profitability, not profitability, you know, at whatever organization size, you should be doing recruitment marketing. And right. we want to give you the tools to do that. Right. I mean, and, and you know, I think, I, I think this is a particularly important message right now. I realize that there are some people who are listening to this right now and um, maybe your job's been impacted. Yeah. Right. Maybe you're sitting there right now and you're and you're trying to think about how do you make yourself seem more competitive in a marketplace where there are other recruitment marketers out there who are now competing with you um, for you with, with what feels like your ideas and your thoughts to try and sell their business or sell their idea. Mm -hmm. um, but the truth of the matter is, is that by hoarding what we know, by not sharing, by thinking that everything that we're doing as recruitment marketing space is somehow um, sacrosanct knowledge, right? Like, like somehow it, it doesn't belong to anybody else is, is a, it's false, right? It's, it's a false premise to begin with. The whole component of recruitment marketing is based on this idea of how do you understand people and connect people to the right opportunities helping them have the information and data they need to make those right decisions and companies to know enough about them to be able to figure out how to connect them and we do it through these varieties of mechanisms and means right it is underlying all of that there is a fundamental sameness to the process right yes we, we all use the same core fundamental principles how do you understand who your customer is? Your needs analysis process. I have a process I use. It's similar to the process the person next to me uses and the person next to them uses. Why, how did I learn my process? I learned it because somebody, I got to practice it. Somebody showed me what they did. I watched, I watched what somebody else did. I riffed on it a little bit. I hopefully made it a little bit better. And then somebody took it from me and made it a little better after that. And then we kept learning from each other. And that's how the whole industry raises its ability and its capability. Um, and today, here, here. you're right. And in today's environment, we have to be doing this because here's the deal. It, no individual, if we think about some of the fundamental things we are so worried about, right? Mm. So I want to make, so maybe you guys aren't all worried about, but this is the stuff I worry about every day that keeps me up, right? How do I get my company to start to look at things other than just a resume and to start, start to look at individuals as whole people? right? That yep. I am, that they can start to treat them as unique and whole individuals and assess them at that level. Well, I can talk to I'm blue in the face at my own company and everybody can nod their heads and say they absolutely agree with that. But if they watch everybody around me, not picking up that bandwagon yet and still operating in what I consider very old school hierarchical ways about their decision-making processes on candidates, they're not going to shift because their frame is, 
I have to compete with everybody else. And I'm going to benchmark against what they're doing. If they're all still doing this thing, I don't have to move yet. The only way we get traction, we actually start moving towards these things that I think at, a, at our core, we fundamentally believe about what needs to happen in recruitment marketing and a talent acquisition is if we get everybody starting to move the ship forward. Because that's how all of our stakeholders start to see it in the environment. That's how candidates start to understand how to behave differently with us, hiring manager experience, and how they behave starts to come up because they start to see that as a new norm and the expectation. It doesn't happen one company, one business group, one person at a time. It happens when the entire row of ships comes up. Yeah. And you know what, you know what I think is interesting, Alin, a lot of the things that you and I talk about, a lot of people in the industry talk about, right? And a lot of things that I talk, like I talked at HR summer school this week, a lot of people heard the same similar messages. We're all talking about empathy. We're all talking about honesty. Like these are things, but that's, that's great. What makes an honest communication? What makes something feel empathetic? How do you take those things and bring them to your organization to what you're saying? Like, okay, if I want my company to see the whole person and not this eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper or what have you, how do I create that change? You create that change by getting everybody to think and not think, but feel the same things, right? You have to start having more conversations happening in these pockets. That's right. That's right. So that then, so you're normalizing it. And I guess what we're trying to do in the discussion today is normalize all of these recruitment marketing ideas, right? right? But not just normalize them. Like we all need tools. How do you do your needs analysis? How do you do your intake? If you're like, I interview a lot of silver medalists, right? What do I ask them? I'll tell you exactly what I ask them. You know what I mean? There's, we, we need to be having these conversations. We need to be opening each other up and opening ourselves up because quite honestly, there is very little proprietary information left in the world. Right, right. And your value as an individual, the thing that makes you competitive, the thing that makes people want to come to you to get what is your your right, something they can most likely get in many other places as well, is they're coming to you because of the way you combine it and put it together. What you can provide them is the unique value proposition, which is how you connect the dots for them in their world to match their environment, right? This is the better we all become at pushing the envelope, it is going to be that skill which becomes the thing that is the definitive competitive advantage for us, right? Our ability to regurgitate to each other the same stuff from one person to another with a different, you know, um, clip art piece on it um, (laughs) is great, right? Because it helps us, again, normalize the data and the information, normalize the process, normalize the, the, what we think is, is accurate and correct in the way we want to work. But it becomes valuable when we then start to think about it as being the baseline and we start to then push each other to the next space. So let me ask you this, Celine. Um, you, uh, this is, again, authentic conversation. Yeah. Um, what do you wish we would normalize? Like, what are, the th- what are the things that you're like, why isn't everybody doing this? And I think we've had a couple pods about this before. But like, for me, I love the, I love the idea of looking at a candidate as a whole person, yeah. right? Why isn't that normalized? Why, why isn't the formula for doing that normalized? Why aren't we having, a, and listen, it is not 
rocket science, anybody. No. I'm going to give it to you right now. We can have a whole nother conversation. You want me to download every foil set I have on it for you. I will absolutely do it. But listen, thinking about somebody as a whole person means that you understand both their basic traits, right? What are the things that are who they are by their general nature and how they then apply those traits in different levers to their behaviors, combined with their skills and capabilities. So skills are the things I know how to do. Capabilities are the way in which I actually execute them. Combined with what performance they have actually been able to see, right? And you start putting all these pieces together, you get a whole person. Mm -hmm. I want to know about your aspirations and your dreams and your potential. And I put all of that together, and now you're no longer a flat Stanley piece of paper or resume. You're, you're right. a whole human being I can make a choice and decision about. You're dimensional. Mm -hmm. You're dimensional, right? Uh, every company – listen, I, I work, I've been working in the assessment space now for the last – I don't know, three years. When I first started working in this space, I didn't want to do it. So I was like, this is like so freaking boring, right? <laughs> like another test taker. I'm not a fan of tests. But I've been getting into it more and more and more. And I'm actually starting to see huge value in it. It's, it's taken me a few years to get there. But over the course of the last three years, I have sat through more vendor demos on <laughs> proprietary assessment methodologies. And I can tell you. Uh -huh. Do you want to know what the secret is, everybody? They're all the same. Uh-huh. It is in how they choose to execute the same methodology and whether or not they're any good at it. Right? This is really what it comes down to. That so let's stop pretending that one person's four-dimensional psychometric assessment and another person's um, forced rating assessment process isn't all looking at the same thing or using the same fundamental technology underneath it and way of assessing and analyzing the information. The difference is which company has the better UI, has the better user interface, has the better usage model for where to leverage it, and actually has the better brain scientists on the other side who can translate the raw data they're getting most effectively. The, yeah, it, the science it, it, behind it is the same. You know, it reminds me of, um, I don't know if you've ever seen my um, core values bullshit bingo card. But, no, um, but I, I think uh, I'd like to. That sounds awesome. Yeah. So it's um, there. There. I, w I went and did a little research last year uh, in preparation for a conference session, and I discovered that there are nine common, nine common uh, core value themes across the Fortune 50. Nine. That pretty much everybody has. Okay. And it's everything from teamwork to innovation to customer first. You know. Yeah. The culture and core value bullshit bingo card, right? And, and what always, so I would like to normalize the communications around the bullshit bingo words, right? So, um, you know, we, when we talk about like, what does innovation mean to your company? Because what you bring, what that means to you might be totally different mm -hmm. from the other guy. But when you boil it down to a word and you just have that word there, it doesn't mean shit. That's right. It's a word. And it's I can word. interpret that word in a thousand different ways. But unless you tell me what that means to you as a company and give me an example or show me a use case, basically, it's all the same tech, right? It's all the same words. Teamwork. Awesome. I don't, what, what the hell do you mean by that? You have yeah. teams and they work together. <laughs> tell, what does teamwork mean to you? Like, so this is one of those constant frustrations. Is this an original or unique concept? No. 
you guys, this is this is just freaking common sense. Tell the people what you mean. Exactly. It's, it, it is. It is. And that's where the secret sauce is for people, right? The tools, the frameworks, the ways of thinking, the core success stories, all of these things are the same as you start to, as you start to uncover them and start to kind of uh, develop them over time and, and talk to this person or go to that conference over there. You're going to hear the same stuff over and over again. There's a reason. It's all based on the same stuff. Yeah. So it's all in the interpretation, folks. Where you, where you add value is not in being unique in thought. It's unique in interpretation. It is true. I mean, that's, you know, I was, I was laughing because um, I've started this year talking about the concept of friction, right? Mm-hmm. And I am thrilled that more people are talking yeah. about friction. Yeah. Do you know why, Alin? Because a rising tide lifts all boats. It so, absolutely does. It, I'm just saying, like, I could right. care less. My God, please, take the frictionometer. Take any concept around friction. Find your friction and put it in there. Lighten friction. Deepen friction. But for God's sakes, it's a concept that we should be talking about. Right, right. So let's talk about it, right? It, and and that, that's what I'm saying. Like, so I no. Just take it. it. Is. Run it with is. it. It Thrilled. is. I get it. I mean, I do get it, by the way. I mean, I, I will tell you. I mean, I've had my own experience with this. You've been there um, with me, right? Where uh-huh. At first, you, you have something, and you put so much of your heart and soul and energy into it, and you feel like, oh, my God, I've got something truly original. This is earth-shattering and breakthrough. Um, and, and you start to share it with the world because you feel like it's the right thing to do. And then you start seeing it show up in other places and people start, you know, absorbing it as their own. Right. Yes. And, uh-huh. and your initial instinct, I'll tell you, I've been there. Ever anybody ever heard of an infinity loop? Yeah. been there. Done I've that. heard of the, I, yeah. I, something about that is really familiar, no, but I will tell you all, I'll be very transparent in the early days, you know, early days, years ago, I, I would get really agitated. Right. When I would see people use it and give no reference back, right? Like, yeah. And, but I realized I had to work my way through that. And I realized the value in it, the way I know it's good, is because people are adopting it. It has nothing to do with them believing me. Yep. It's because they see it and they now they adopt it and they frame it in a way that makes sense, interpret it to mm-hmm. their world and it lands and it makes sense. That's how an idea has value. It mm-hmm. all ends up coming back at the end. It, it's it absolutely does. fine. But we all have this natural instinct to want to say, over here, look That's what I mine. did. Everybody tell me how fabulous I am. Um, but when we take a step back and realize it has no value if it's locked in a lockbox, right? Right underneath your desk and you yep. only pull it out to the people who are willing to, you know, pay you enough to see behind the curtain. Right. Because those people may come to you and say, Oh, you're fabulous. Right. But at mm-hmm. the end of the day, it sees, it doesn't see the light of day. It doesn't provide any value, no goodness to the rest of the world. It doesn't, it has no life. It dies. Right. Right. And I've been talking about the desire. Like I I've talked about this in the past, like my life's work. I feel like I was put on this planet to make finding a job and yeah. finding an A player mm-hmm. a more egalitarian thing, mm-hmm. right? There, And I've talked about this. And in fact, I wrote a post that's probably going to go live in a couple of weeks about the power position 
And for years, employers always felt like they had the power position, right? Like, well, we're the ones with the job. We have the money. They're, they're just, you know, widgets, labor, right. right? And then everything got really, really competitive and there were less widgets. There, were less lab- there was less labor, less available labor, less skilled labor. And then we all started to go, oh, crap. They mm-hmm. have the power now. Mm-hmm. Okay. And all I can tell everybody is that there is no power position. There is no power. And I was so encouraged when I started seeing over the course of the last two years, people like you, people like your company, talking about building relationships with candidates. Because if you think about the core of a relationship, if you're in a relationship, there is no power position. That's right. Okay. There is no power position. So if we had evolved so far in this conversation of having relationships, that told me that the power position is going away, that it is a myth that has had its seen its better days. Right. Right. And then, and then, and then we get a worldwide virus and a pandemic (laughs) and civil unrest and everything. And now everybody's like going, huh, do I get to be back in the power position again? Right. And I'm just like, you don't. Right. So, so, and that's the thing. So when we talk about like letting, uh, being open source HR, so like Lars, Lars Schmidt, I love that man. He is, he is, this is you, here are your tools. Right. And if we could just all be a little bit more like Lars. Right. And that's one of the things that I'm like, I'm actively trying to do, right? I'm starting to pipeline content for um, my blog and for people that can just come in here. Here's the toolkit. Take I it. Completely. I, Run I, with I, it. Go. I, I, I just, you know, I can, I cannot agree more with you on this. It's something that, you know, interesting enough, like I said, I've been on this journey with this, right? Um, I, I uncovered the, the value and the meaning in sharing and, and, and putting it out there and um, it, through the course of this experience I've had um, with Intel over the course of the last um, year and a half, two years, you know, um, part of the purpose of us, of, of me going out initially, I mean, I'm going to be perfectly transparent, everybody. I mean, part of the purpose of me going out initially was because I was hoping that I could use some of the basic psychology um, that I use when trying to attract candidates for every other role. And by starting to feed out there a little bit about something unique and individual we were doing at Intel around talent acquisition, I might attract some really awesome talent acquisition people to help join the game because I was getting mm-hmm. tired, <laughs> right? Yeah. But what I realized is very quickly it just when I started to share it took off like wildfire not because people because people are hungry to see ideas and and then they and then what happened is I ended up getting more out of it than I ever gave the number of connections and people and conversations I have had that have made me better given me new thoughts sparked new ideas um, and, and the result of that is, yes, are there big fundamental concepts that I think that we did some labor around that people are now taking and expanding upon and using in their own companies and doing it better than we ever could, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does that, are they competitors of ours? Absolutely. Is in a normal world, would that feel challenging? Sure. But what I've learned is, is that they may be doing that. But in the meantime, I've opened up my world to a whole nother set of ideas and advancements and evolutions. And I'm off in another place, taking it to something new now. 
right? Yes, yes. And I wouldn't have gotten there if I stayed in my silo, if I stayed in my world and didn't share. Right, which is, I do want to do a plug for the Sunshine Initiative. Yes. Right? So, Alyn and I were talking a couple weeks ago, and we are very, uh, just, it's terrible. Like, people in our industry, our industry was just starting to become solidified. It was starting to really grow. There were open positions like had never been before in recruitment marketing and employer brand, and all these amazing things were happening, and then the world imploded. And nothing made me sadder than watching some of the most amazing talent I've ever worked with or ever interacted with lose their jobs um, or about to lose their jobs or being displaced. And we talked about it for five minutes after we recorded, I think, the last pod. And I was like, I'm going to do something. And so I knew a couple people had been displaced. I reached out to them. I stood up a landing page on my website Uh and I just started profiling them and I'm going to be driving traffic to this all the time. We're going to start bringing some people from the Sunshine Initiative onto the pod to talk about themselves and their career and their experiences. So look for that to come. But if anybody that's listening to this has been displaced, please send me an email. If anybody on this listening to this pod needs talent, www.parsonssc.com dot com slash sunshine dash initiative. Amazing talent is there. Your next teammate, your next game changer is on that website. And one of the things that made me so proud, Alin, is how we're already starting to shift yep. the the perception and the feeling of people who've lost their jobs. That's right. Right. That's right. Because it used to be like, well, I can't talk about the fact that I lost my job. I lost my job. I'm like, I believe that it should be a federal law that if any recruiter asks you what happened to your career in the spring of 2020, you get to take a swing at them. That's right. You say, screw you. Right. right. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I mean, I think it, that should not even be a question. You should not be allowed to ask that question. It should be banned from all questions. That's right. That's right. And my, and my, and my kind of call to action for all of you who are out there who are in that position is one, contact uh, Tracy and get yourself into the Sunshine Initiative. It, it is, this is again, rising tides, raise all ships, right? This will help right. all of us and, and everybody. Um, but the second thing is I would tell you all that stuff that you're sitting on in the corner and you're saying, this is what I'm going to use as my competitive advantage when I go off to my next interview to show why I'm the person you want to hire instead of this person over there. Yeah. I challenge you to take a look at it right now and say, what if that stuff can I start open sourcing and sharing out there? Yes. Because I promise you, if you do, if you start to share and talk and engage and get other and show other people what you're doing and not be afraid to hide it, but to engage in dialogue and conversation about it, you will get more out of that than you can imagine, which will include an increased network, more people to connect with, more opportunities for that next gig. Um, it's not going to happen if you hide it all underneath a bushel and wait for somebody to call you um, in so you can show them your portfolio. That's just not how it's going to happen. No. And the other cool thing is that, um, you know, selfishly, now I have um, now I have some great contractors to pull in when I get too busy. Oh, yeah, I know. Exactly. Right. I'm so like, this is like... <laughs> spread the wealth, spread the sunshine. Let's spread the sunshine. Let's let's get out there and know who we can connect with and, 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 and be leveraging each other's ideas and networks and connections. Um, This is how, this is how it happens. Right. Yes. 
100%. So I did, I will, I will say, and if I'm, if I say it on the pod, then I'm going to have to do it. So I'm going to have to say it on the pod, Ah. but I, I am going to be developing an offshoot of the sunshine initiative that is going to have templates and resources for free for people to download. And, and, you know, so when we talked about the metrics and we talked about, you know, different elements, I'm going to be more um, open about how the quote unquote, you know, sausage is made. So just stay, stay tuned for that. Like that's coming. Um, But I think, you know, this is a really good time to be in this profession. We all have an opportunity to stop and pause and build, you know, Mm -hmm. while the world is stopped and paused. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we and, have an we have an opportunity here right now, people. I mean, there will be a tomorrow. There yeah. will be right. The the yes, the locusts are coming, but it's fine. Oh right? dear God! There will be a tomorrow, and when that tomorrow happens, you're going to have a choice that faces you, and that choice will be: Will you rebuild from a place of fear, which says I'm just going to rebuild what I had before so that I can try and protect it better this time? Or are you going to build from a place of opportunity where you look at what's available to you, you start thinking about what you could have had and build what you wish you had today? This is, right. this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. It, it, it doesn't – this is a once-in-a-generation. Does this come around where everything is turned on a dime? It is all upside-down, topsy-turvy. Um, Get out there, get every idea you can, soak it all in, don't be afraid to share it, connect with people, start start building your, how you're going to connect the dots. How do you interpret it all? Mm-hmm. And what does that interpretation mean for your tomorrow? Brilliant. Yes. Yes. I'm excited. I'm thank you. Thank you, Tracy, for going along with me and, and letting us hit record on this part of the conversation. I know it's not. It what was we- awesome. It wasn't what we planned to do today, but I have to tell you, it feels right. It feels like the right conversation. Most um, definitely. And it, and I'm hoping that it's helpful to you guys. Um, my um, kind of close on this is Tracy is, is going to be, she sounds like she's out there. She's going to start building the open source framework for recruitment marketing. Thank you, Tracy. You're um, welcome. And all things recruitment marketing. I, I will give you anything I've got. You're welcome to take. And I'm sure there are others out there as well who are listening to this who not only will benefit from it, but perhaps you've got stuff um, you've been hiding under the bushel that you'd like to, to share out there. Absolutely. Um, if you want to share it, we give you 100% credit. You're the, you're the inventor. Absolutely. Yeah. Come on. We'll start naming stuff like we name stars, right? Or like rocks <laughs> or like the animals that are found in the jungle, the insects, right? So you can what get are you like talking the, about? Right. When you name, when they, when, when the biologists and the scientists go out and they find these things, right? And they <gasps> like, they get named and they get like, there's like a whole, isn't there like a whole scientist code for how they name things? Or am I making this up in my head? Like, oh, I just, you're just exposing me to something I know nothing about. No, I know I could be just making it up in my head. Absolutely. But like, you are, like, it's amazing. And that like, should be happening. Uh, like if you, if you discover it, part of the, this is part of its, its scientific name is, is related to your name. Isn't that how it works? I, could, I don't know. Yes, sure. I could, Let's make okay. it that. That'll no, be how I it'll think, work. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Lynn, you just named that. That's called the Alin Bailey. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. <laughs> it's the Bailey loop. No, exactly. We, we just make, I'm just saying, it's funny. It what is. What if we did that? It oh, is. my God. 
Oh yeah, and I also have um, I also have up my sleeve. I'm gonna I'm gonna try <laughs> I'm gonna try and work with some um, lobbyist groups because um, I've I've mentioned the Lemon Law for work a couple uh-huh. different places, uh-huh. and it's really it's people are digging this. So I think it might be really fun to lobby um, some legislatures <laughs> for Lemon Laws oh, no, for this work. Is, this is how they name laws too. It could become the Parsons Law. No, I don't want that. Okay. <laughs> oh no, wait. This is even better. It's the TP law. <laughs> oh my God, please, please, for the love of God, I hate that. Um, <laughs> Forever it'll be known. No, it will not. It will it not. Will. Then I am oh, not well. writing that blog post and I'm doing no lobbying. Guys, <laughs> I think that's fabulous. Oh my God. Okay, everybody. We're having too much fun. Have a fabulous day, everybody. Thank you, Tracy. Um, and we will talk to everybody soon. Hopefully we'll try and uh, make sure we get something up next week as well. Thank you for bearing with us. Thanks, everybody. Thank Thanks. you, Alyn. And this is the highlight of my day. Thank that's you so right. much. Thank you. Oh, wait. Forgot to tell everybody. See, we're so, we're so completely off script here. Uh-huh. If you want to connect with Tracy, oh, right. you can do it at T Parsons on the Twitters, or you can um, connect with me at Alyn Bailey. And we also have a podcast Twitter account. Did you know we have one? Tracy? I did know that. Yeah. And even better, I have found the password so I can actually go into it now. Oh, that's it's, exciting. I know. At our Rebelcast. Okay. So join us, talk to us. See you soon, everybody. Bye. Take care. Bye. <laughs> Just with
you've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.